Test, test, one, two, three. Hey, everybody. Uh, trying a new microphone setup here. Hopefully it works a little bit better. I'm trying to pay attention to audio levels and uh, I have headphones on so that I can kind of pay attention to those as I speak. So if it's a little odd at first, it's because I'm hearing myself in my ears through the headphones, um, and I'm also hearing myself normally, which is kind of awkward. Um, anyway, hope everybody's doing well. I uh, wanted to get another episode under uh, in the episode list, um, and I'm calling this episode um, a word to those burned or hurt or skewered in ministry, not by ministry, but in ministry, and it's directly targeted to those who have spent time uh most likely, in my experience and observations and in, in relationships that I know, uh, guys that have spent time in church as a young man, uh, at some point they feel called to the ministry, um, at some point they sort of respond to that call and they get involved, whether it's through interning at a church or helping with a youth group or attending a Bible college. Um, and for some reason, the Air Force is running all these drills in the background, so if you hear if you hear F-16s uh, buzzing my house, um, the the Air Force Base down here is, is having some drills at the moment. Um, but this episode's targeted towards those that have been hurt in ministry. And I want to say a couple things to those people. Um, in my experience, so I've been, as I've mentioned before, uh, started volunteering as an intern at a mega church when I was the ripe old age of 17, my senior year of high school. And from there, uh, ended up doing a two-year internship and then was on staff for three years and then was on staff at another church for a year. Um, I've had, and, and then shortly thereafter, I had uh, offers from three other churches in the city where I live to work at their church as well. Um, as a youth pastor or as a family pastor. Um, and I turned them down, went to business school, and have since put my head down and plowed ahead with, with working, uh, building a business, uh, focusing on design and software and different things. In that, I've, I've had a lot of friends who have pursued the ministry route. And I was making a list this weekend of the number of people that I know who have who have done this, and I came up with... 22 individuals who I know, um, who I had relationships with either through uh, other churches in the area or with inside the particular churches that I was working at and serving at. And of those 22, they have, it's been pretty much split down the middle. Um, about half of them have continued to go on into ministry They've gone to seminary. They've continued to work at churches. Uh, two of them have planted churches. And they have gone full steam ahead over the last 18 years or so. Um, full throttle with being in ministry. Um, either working in, a, in an already established church or going out and starting one. The other side of that, there's been an equal number, about half, who have been hurt, they pursued it, they started down that path, and they were hurt, they were injured, 
they were slighted, they were screwed, um, they weren't given the prominence or the promotion that they thought they earned or deserved, and they are in a position now where they will tell you that they doubt God, uh, they'll tell you that they're bitter towards the church, they will tell you that they've been really disenfranchised with the whole organization, they're not too sure where they stand on their faith. Um, one gentleman recently told me, quote, I still believe in God, um, but dot, 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 and then went through all of the, the, the his grievances. Um, so this podcast is directed towards that half, the half that have pursued ministry, um, been in ministry, and have been burned. They've been hurt. They've been slighted. They've they've been offended. They're bitter. They 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 see a certain pastor or a certain famous pastor or a certain pastorpreneur, and their blood boils. Um, they sit around fantasizing about winning the lottery so that they can spend all their money on hiring a private investigator to out the pastor for all of his shenanigans, which nobody knows about except those on the inside. <laughs> so this podcast is directed towards those people. The, the ones that have stayed in ministry um, and have quote-unquote succeeded in it, the ones that aren't jaded, that aren't bitter, allegedly, uh, but the ones that have continued in ministry haven't been kicked to the curb. Uh, I've noticed a trend with them that they, as each year grinds by, they appear to be more soulless and they appear to become more ghoulish as the time ticks by. And probably is just my anecdotal observation related to them having to pledge their allegiance to the system that they're in versus pledging their allegiance to Christ. You can find an uh, episode uh, previous talking about that in some detail. But for this episode, I want to specifically address those that have been burned. They feel hurt and they're upset. And I've talked to enough of them recently because a lot of them have been finding either this podcast or uh, a couple, a post that I put on my personal website regarding my experience in megachurch. And they've reached out through the comments or a personal email or a direct message on Instagram or Twitter saying, hey, I found your podcast. I found that post you wrote about your experience in megachurch, and I just wanted to say thank you, and I found it very insightful, and I'm glad. I'm glad that they that, that they found it helpful, but then inevitably when I asked the follow-up question, so, you know, how's your relationship with God now? You know, what church are you involved with now? Almost inevitably the response has been, oh, yeah, I don't know where I stand. I still believe in God, but I don't know where I stand. Um, I think I still believe in a higher power, but I'm pretty pissed off. And so I've got a very blunt message for you. Very blunt, very direct. It's probably not something that you want to hear. It's probably not something that you would expect to hear. You're probably thinking that I'm going to give you a bunch of, oh, I sympathize with you, and oh, yes, I've been down that path before, and oh, yes, the, the pastorpreneurs and the business side of church is so evil, and you're justified in your doubting of God because these megalomaniacs have ruined and tarnished the name of Christ, and oh yes, let's just all hold hands and be victims together. Well, that's not what I'm going to tell you. 
what I'm going to tell you, first and foremost, is the reason that you're bent, the reason that you're upset, the reason that you're bitter is because you envisioned you getting a taste of the pastorpreneur glory and for whatever reason, those cards didn't fall that way and you're pissed. (laughs) And you go, whoa, no, my heart's pure. I didn't enter ministry to be famous. I entered ministry to serve lepers in India. I didn't enter the ministry to have an easy lifestyle and to drive Range Rovers like my pastor, my senior pastor did. I didn't enter the ministry to have a $1.8 million house on the hill looking over all the peons that are supporting my God-directed, inspired ministry. Oh, certainly not me. I didn't enter ministry to buy $4,000 suits and fly first class and have a black American Express and have... 200,000 Instagram followers? Not me. Oh, how dare you suspect my motives, Brandon. Um, Hogwash. Absolute hogwash. And the sooner you come to terms with the fact that your motives for being in ministry and for pursuing ministry as a young man were partially, if not majority, tainted, you're going to continue to linger in this bitter disenfranchised victimhood state. And that's the bottom line. And you go, oh man, oh, you don't know me. Yeah, I do. Um, Because I know myself, one, and I've seen nearly two dozen guys go down this road. And the human heart cannot resist the temptation to elevate ourselves to put ourselves to the forefront, to become prominent, to become famous, to become influential, to have an easy lifestyle. You know, it's funny to me that Matt Chandler talks about, oh, you got to go to bed tired. Yeah, I mean, that's called work, number one. But I suspect that he's saying that possibly to assuage, assuage his conscience that maybe he's not going to bed as tired as he ought. Because maybe he's living too comfortable of a lifestyle. Just my little hypothesis that I'll throw out there. Um, But until you own the fact that your motives for pursuing ministry as a young man in the American evangelical whatever vein you fell in were not partially tainted, you're going to continue to be a victim. You're going to continue to be miserable. Because you wanted a piece of the glory. You just wanted a taste. Just a taste of the glory. You just wanted a keynote at the Passion Conference. Maybe even a side. Not even a keynote. Just give me a breakout session. That's all I want. Maybe I don't even get the Conference Crusade speaking gig. But maybe I get the MC position. Maybe I'm the guy that gets to introduce the more famous guy. And then I can ride his coattails to even more fame. You didn't get the the breakout at the smaller conference or the keynote at the smaller conference. 
No, you probably butted heads with the founding pastor. You probably butted heads with his vision for growth. You you started to envy his success. You kind of dug your heels in and started to really go hard after getting your own recognition. When he saw that you were trying to usurp him, then he panicked and freaked out and was like, oh crap, this guy's going to try to take half my flock, so I need to assassinate his character, throw him under the bus, and run him out of town. So you lost the maneuvering. You got outmaneuvered by a fellow motivationally tainted young man pursuing fame and fortune in the church. And you're bent that you got outmaneuvered. You're bent that you weren't able to be wise as a serpent and make your mark in ministry. And so you packed up your cards, you took your toys, and you stormed home in a, in a huff. And in a grumpy huff. And then you blame it. Oh, the church is so corrupt. And those people are so evil. And I was so pure. And I was I was blameless. Lord, redeem me. Um, get over it. Get over yourself. And get on your knees before the Lord. And confess your jacked up motives to begin with. And if you do that, there's a good chance that you're actually going to start valuing your individual relationship with the Lord God Almighty again. So that's pretty much all I want to say. Um, that's my word to anybody who's been burned in ministry. I, I've got a couple other episodes outlined where I'm going to talk about people who've been burned by ministry, like congregants, churchgoers that have been burned by ministry. But more those that have been in ministry that were pursuing it and have been hurt and injured. This is, I think, the meat of the issue. This is the crux of your soul before God at this moment in time. If you're listening to this podcast and you are bitter, you are upset, when you think of the church, you envision a pastor who you loathe, you're obsessed with his downfall or you're obsessed like you hear him on the radio or you see him on Instagram and your skin curls and your blood boils and you're just, oh, I hate that guy. You need to go back to square one and you need to examine what your motives were when you felt the calling. Um, because unless you are not human, those motives were tainted. And the sooner you admit that and confess that the sooner your soul is going to find healing. And I'll, I'll, I'll subtitle this podcast. So it's a word to those who've been burned in ministry subtitled, or you could call it the church needs more big, stinky, hairy, big toes. <laughs> and you go, what? Yeah. The church needs more big toes. If you're able, like if you're not, you know, at work or something right now, if you're able, uh, take off your sock or maybe maybe you're barefoot sitting around eating your Frosted Flakes and going, oh man, uh, I, I, I used to be a pastor. It's a tough racket. It sucks. Man, I didn't, I, you know, they, they screwed me. I got screwed. I hate the Lord. Look down, move, move the bowl of Frosted Flakes out of your line of sight and look down at your big toe. It's probably, if, if you're, if you're 30, 35, 40, and you're still stewing over how you got burned 15 years ago, look down. It's probably got some hair on it. Toenails probably looking a little stank. The church needs some big toes. A heck of a lot more big toes than it's got currently. 
And you go, why the big toe analogy? I mean, couldn't you use the thumb or couldn't you use the, the pinky or the pointer finger or the knee? No, I'm going to use the big toe. And you go, well, why? Well, nobody ever thinks about the big toe. You don't meet somebody and go, oh, wow, what an impressive big toe. Oh. No, you never think about it. Only, in fact, the only time you think about it is when you meet some hippie freak show who's in Birkenstocks and it's hanging out all stanky and you see the hairy thing and the toenail and you're like, oh, gosh, cover that up. How come Birkenstocks are still legal? Like, let's outlaw those, Congress. Come on. Round up the Birkenstocks and burn them. Please, for the love of everything that has a shred of style and dignity, burn the stinking Birkenstocks. Look down at your big toe. It's normally covered in a sock, which is then covered in a shoe of some sort. Ooh, and then there's the socks with the Birkenstocks. That's even a... I think those people... I think that should just be like... If you are wearing socks with Birkenstocks, like they should just automatically... There should be some law that, okay, you are flagged for a psych eval before you can do anything else. Um, That might not be... A bad idea. Now, I'm not big in the strong hand of government, and I believe in freedom and all that stuff, but it might not be a bad idea. Maybe a local municipality can and give it a test run. Um, anybody who is seen with socks and Birkenstocks, whoop, psyche valve before you can get a license, before you can vote. <laughs> I'm kidding, of course, um, but only partially. So look down at your big toe. You never meet people You never are impressed with their big toe. They're hidden. They're quiet. They're unseen. They're not glamorous. Nobody sits around and dreams about becoming a big toe. However, and this is something I only learned in the last week because of my sons who are uh, doing, uh, working with a a trainer, a sports trainer, um, to work on their explosiveness and their core strength and all of these wonderful things. I found out in the last week that the big toe is actually the source of explosiveness when it comes to athletic movement. So the trainer gave, and you're going, man, who's this trainer? This this guy's got a nutty trainer. He needs to find a different guy. Well, this guy worked for professional NFL team. He worked for professional baseball team. So I tend to um, believe that he knows at least partially what he's talking about much more than I do. And he says that the, the, the key, one of the, the uh, forgotten or not known keys of explosiveness is your big toe. So he gave our boys some exercises to increase the flexibility of their big toe, to increase uh, the mobility of their big toe, the strength of their big toe. And who would have thought? I mean, the big toe. I never think about the big toe other, when, other than when I see it hanging out of a Birkenstock. And you go, okay, so what's your point? Well, the scripture says, seek to live quietly, working with your own two hands. In other words, stay in your lane. Stop trying to elevate yourself. Let there be no selfish ambition, but work quietly, live quietly, working with your own two hands. Um, Jesus said, don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. And I think that if we're looking for a cure for the American church, if we're looking for a fix, it's not a revival. It's not some 
throw your hands up in the air and wave them like you just don't care nonsense with Louis Giglio in his shrink-wrapped jeans and his saran-wrapped graphic tee trying to hide his paunch. That's not what the church needs. Okay, The church doesn't need more passion conferences and more Hillsong you know, put it on repeat for 29 minutes and sing the same three words over and over again until people have a Japanimation seizure or hyperventilate and pass out and need the paramedics. That's not what the church needs. The church needs some anonymity. The church needs some quiet service. The church needs some quiet living. The church needs some quiet, anonymous, head-down diligence. The church needs some vocation. The church needs, hey, you know what? My job is X, Y, Z. I'm going to put my head down and I'm going to do it because it honors God to do it quietly and to do it diligently. And I'm not expecting anything in return. That's what the church needs. So the church needs more big toes. So if you are in ministry and your schemes for being the next famous pastor with New York Times bestselling books and a gaggle of followers leaning on your every word and waiting desperately to double click every bicep selfie you post. One, shame on you. Two, go confess that putrid motivation for ministry. Three, bask in the forgiveness that God has to offer you. And four, focus on being a big toe that goes about quietly, preferably covered with a sock and a shoe. And you're going to find healing for your soul. And that's what the church needs. So hopefully this message spreads. Um, I do thank everyone for sharing this podcast and listening to it. It is encouraging um, to see three downloads in the month of October. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, no, it's, it's, really, it's really amazing. I know that all the numbers in the analytics, are they're people. Um, it's easy for me to just see numbers and go, wow, this is kind of cool seeing um, particular thoughts or ideas or whatever, uh, apparently have some legs um, because the the numbers are blowing me away on this front. So um, with that said, uh, you can expect a call in the near future um, to donate to my 501c3 because, because servers are expensive and microphones are expensive and video equipment is expensive. And, you know... <laughs> Don't send me money. If anybody tries to send me money for this podcast, I'm going to do a very public, uh, transparent video of me uh, just giving that money away to somebody who actually needs it. Um, so no, I, of course, if, if, if sarcasm was a spiritual gift, I might be strong in that on that realm sometimes. So um, no, you will not be hearing uh, pleas for 501c3s. That's, that's, that's actually a pretty good rhyme. Hey, Lecrae. Lecrae, if you're listening, mix that into your next song. Lecrae, at Lecrae. Um, yeah, somebody get this in front of Lecrae, and then I can get some royalties. <laughs> um, you will not be hearing please for my 501c3s because I am a Christian and something, something. You can finish that rhyme. I, I gave you the head start, Lecrae. You can finish it. Just go finish it. Um, and then just give me a shout out. That's all I ask for, just, just a taste, just a little bit of the glory and the fame. 
Um, so that's probably not what you were expecting to hear. Um, and I hope it wasn't what you were expecting to hear. I hope you saw the title and were like, oh, finally, somebody's going to sit around and, and bitch and moan. Oh, sorry. I got to stop using bad words on the Christian podcast. Um, somebody's going to sit around and convetch with me and, uh, gonna, gonna sympathize with me. And yeah, he's going to understand, man. We can sit around and, you know, drink and cuss and smoke cigars and just bemoan, you know, oh, all these, all these jackass pastors, man, they really stuck it to me. No, your motives set you up to get it stuck to. Um, and then probably God's providence in his mercy caused you to get it stuck to so that he'd actually save your soul from tying a millstone around your neck and leaping off into the ocean. At least that's my two cents. Have a wonderful day. Ponder these things. Share this far and wide with people that you know who are jaded and bent towards the Lord because their world-dominating plans for being a famous pastor came to naught. Adios. Talk to you next episode.